What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Switch It Up Podcast, Season 3, Episode 23. My name is Tyler, joined, as always, by my co-host, Colby. Uh, Colby, I see you're wearing a little bit of a warmer clothes today than I thought you'd be wearing as a, as a North Carolina resident. Are you okay down there, buddy? It's not. I mean, it has the it has the name North in the name of the state. So it, <laughs> just by proxy, it can't ever be like 100% warm. No, it's cold down here. But but a good news is I'm not in the Kia, so I'm not out in the frigid temperatures because the Kia is not here. Uh, not sure when I'll be in the Kia next, given the circumstances <laughs> of our recording times for the, at least the next 15 weeks because of college. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, no, it's cold. Not fun. Not entirely fun. It was the night. The low was 19 degrees last night, which you know. After living mm, through that, mm-hmm. I would like to seriously talk to my family about going even further south because I'm just not a fan of the cold. So, a but, low of 19, huh? Yeah, a low of 19. That, 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 that's cold, Tyler. No, that's horrible. It's cold. Yeah, it's horrible. It, I mean, there's no there's no real difference once it gets below 20. Like it's just the same everywhere. It's awful. I think we up here in you know the place you abandoned. Uh, <laughs> We we had a we had a, we had a feeling temperature like a, it was about negative seven I think yesterday. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> uh, there was actually an ice storm uh, before Monday, which is my first day of classes, and like my parents were gonna come up to bring me some more some of the stuff that I'd forgotten, and they couldn't because of the ice of this ice storm. And Damn. God, the first day of classes, man, everything was covered in a sheet of ice. Like, the sidewalks were too slippery to walk on. So you had herds of people walking, like, in the grass and on the road to avoid slipping on the sidewalk. You didn't get a delay or anything? No, no, fuck that. God dang, uh, okay. That's, or, well, that's this cool. might not have been, I don't think, never mind. This was not the first day of classes. This was the day before the first day of classes. Sorry, I got my timeline mixed up. I remember now. So uh, you're about to you're about to clown me, but it doesn't, it doesn't affect me, but... How it works down here is if there is a chance of ice or snow, it's an automatic delay for the schools because there's no salt trucks down here or anything like that to handle the snow. But no, I, I understand. I mean, for God's sake, we saw Texas shut down because it got hit with like an inch of snow. I'm starting so to I, think like Texas is like secretly a really cold place to live. Just secretly. Just just on the down. Just like the, it's a cover up like the news doesn't show. Uh, us. Yeah, it, like it's the like, South. When was the last time you saw footage of Texas? Exactly. You like, I don't know. It's, I don't know if Texas is a real place. Like, it might just be made up. It could just be. I was about to say, does anyone actually live below fucking Oklahoma? Exactly. It's 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 fake, Jerry. It's <laughs> Jerry. What's happening in there? No Texas Kramer. <laughs> no Texas Kramer. Uh, but <coughs> excuse me. But I'm good. But yeah. Classes start this week. I'm already um already started the virtual ones. I commute for the first time ever to my new school tomorrow, so that's wow. exciting. But yeah, all that's that's really about all I got. Um, I hate to break it to you guys, but um, haven't been playing much Witcher three lately, just because I forgot that it, it runs on the Switch like a potato. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when you said, "Oh, I'm getting back in." I'm like, uh, "Okay." I got past um got past, got to the city. I'm like, "Oh my god, this looks like shit." And then I really kind of just stopped. Yeah, I I have not played Witcher 3, but I from your last time playing it, I remember you saying 
that it did not hold up super well. <laughs> no, still very impressive that a game that big made it on its way to the console. But I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to wait until... Def- I mean, a remastered version is coming out for the next-gen consoles this year, I think. So maybe if I can get my hands on one of those, I'll buy it there and play it because it's getting a graphic overhaul is the rumor yeah isn't it also getting like a story sort of expansion as well i think it's getting more netflix content so that's oh. uh, that's exciting because i'll actually know what's going on then <laughs> that is, that's a pretty cool tie-in i like yeah that. it is cool. in the netflix series pulls straight from the books so it's kind of all tying together definitely going to get that if not if when i get my hands on that slimy on that slimy little ps5 of course, of course. What have you been up well, to, man? Well, like I said, I've been freezing my ass off. It has been snowing down here, and it's just freezing, and I hate the cold more than anything. Just winter sucks, but... Come hither. Come join us. I Look, listen. My girlfriend is on the opposite side of the spectrum. She loves the cold, loves wintertime, hates any sun whatsoever, because she burns in, like... At dawn, she starts to like burn like a vampire. So, so you're gonna live in Maine, is what I'm hearing. So we're 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 gonna live. I guess we're gonna live in the fucking Arctic Circle, according to her. So. Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I'll neg- I'll be able to negotiate with her eventually. But yeah, so. it's freezing. I am not a fan, but we do. I started classes uh, yesterday. Uh, so far, no complications. Uh, except for today, because I'm still on a wait list for a class, uh, mm. for one of my English classes. I'm on a wait list, and that is the only class that I have today. And I've never had the situation happen before, so I'm like, I guess I'll just go to the class and see if I can sit in on it so I don't get behind. So I went to the class, and I was going to tell the teacher that, like, hey, I'm a waitlist student. Is it cool if I stay here? But the room was just so deathly quiet like not a fucking peep was was being spoken from anybody so i got embarrassed and i decided to just wait until the class was over to tell him uh but the the only problem with that was they were doing an introductions activity so he was going down the list of students on his computer (laughs) and having them introduce themselves and he and once we got to the end he was like is there someone i didn't like call on and he looks at me oh no and and i had to be like and the fear of god just immediately hello i am a waitlist student i don't know if i'm supposed to be here i'm sorry uh but you know i tried to make it funny in the class you know i got a good laugh out of that so there we go they're obviously being put to use uh thank you thank you i'll be here all week (laughs) yeah that that was the only complication uh apparently the official rule is that you're not supposed to attend class uh, when you're on a wait list, but uh, the teacher said that he can get me caught up as soon as I get in. So I guess for now, I'm just going to not have classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays until I get into that class. That's so. pretty sweet. I mean, you made, you walked in, you made your comedic entry, and now you just go on hiatus. I, that's awesome. Yeah, and then I'll make my, eventually my triumphant return. Exactly. Then, you just, then it's the return of, of Sam. Return, return exactly. of the king. Yeah. You're going to walk in the whole class and give you a standing ovation. Yeah, and I, he didn't ask me my, well, when the class was there, he did not ask me my name. So no one, no one knows my name. Perfect. Uh, even though I did that. You're just, so you're just the class funny guy. I'm an enigma. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that was it. As, as far as game, I've, I've done a, a bit more gaming than you have. 
uh, on my <laughs> on my first day getting back to school, which was uh, this past Saturday, uh, I just set up my game equipment, sat down, and completed Halo three or uh, Halo Infinite. I was a Halo three. I'm like, oh my god. Pulled yeah, the 360 no, I. Out. Yeah, no, I definitely didn't bring the 360, but no, Halo Infinite. I finally finished Halo Infinite, and I want to talk about that today. That'll lead into the topic that we want to discuss today. Uh, but yeah, finished Halo Infinite, and I started uh, one of my other games that I got for Christmas, which was uh, The World Ends With You. That's on the Switch. It was originally re- released on the DS, I think, in 2007. So okay, not the 10 years ago. I really play. Uh, it's actually also weird because it's a full touchscreen game. Oh boy! So like, you have to play it in the handheld. Yeah, I mean you can also use the Joy Cons like point at the screen, like a cursor, like the Mar, like kind of like the Mario Galaxy cursor. Yeah. Uh, but my Joy Cons apparently are on life on fucking life support, and they and like the cursor keeps drifting to the left while I'm keeping my Joy Cons still. So handheld mode it is until I finish this game, but. Uh, that one is also that game has also intrigued me. Uh, a very unique style. So, I mean, it's a Square Enix game, so uh, definitely cool. I'm I'm more excited to get through it just so that I know what's going to happen in the sequel. Neo: The World Ends with You. Uh, I was about to say, isn't I was about to say, I know Neo is The World Ends with You. So when you just said The World Ends with You, I'm like, oh, is this like a remaster of that game because it's so old? But no, I guess it's a sequel. Yeah, no, Neo The World Ends With You is specifically a sequel to the final remix version of The World Ends With You, which is the one that I have. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about Neo The World Ends With You. So when my parents accidentally got me the first game instead of Neo, I'm like, oh, that's a happy little accident because uh, I ended up getting both games for Christmas anyway. <laughs> so, uh, parents, yeah. parents got to listen to the podcast more. Yeah, I know, right? Fucking fake fans. <laughs> fake fake gamers. Uh, actually, I, I had an I had a call today for an interview. Or kind of it was more of a phone screen, like a pre interview sort of thing. And uh the person was looking through my resume and we had we got I had I talked about the podcast there we in, go. in an interview for the first time. Not about its content or anything, but just the fact that I did a podcast, so you still do a podcast. Don't say past tense. Sorry, you, sorry. You, I, getting, I, I is do. this the last episode? <laughs> no, 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 no. That I do a podcast. Sorry, my apologies. God, but don't don't surprise me like that. Yeah, that put the <laughs> that put the fear. Like I immediately like froze up when she's like, "Oh, it looks like she it says you do a podcast." I'm like, "Please don't make me tell you what it's about." <laughs> but you don't no, want to know. I promise. I was about to say, like, d- definitely don't listen to it. No. If you want to get, if if you want me for the job. Yeah, no, it's but, me, my co-host, and a small group of people that actually enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, but I understand. Hey, we appreciate. That's all that matters. Single, I appreciate every single second that I do of it. So. Exactly. Honestly, no shame if I did have to talk about it. But anyway, uh, I guess we're gonna start this out. Unless you have any further anecdotes i was gonna dive into halo infinite um shocker to many i have not played halo infinite so tyler um this is this is all you my guy if you need me to step in here and ask a question or two i'm more than happy to but as of right now the, the floor is yours so take the mic i was about to say you know i know have you played any halo i know your brother has 
He's played five, I think, four and five. Oh God. Um, I, the only Halo I've played, I think, is when I stayed at my cousin's house for a family Christmas. We played, I think, Halo Four offline multiplayer. Like we just played like a one v one, and I'm games. like, and I'm okay. like, yeah, and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on, but it looks like future Call of Duty, so I'm just gonna channel those instincts. Yeah, of course. Uh, I've I've mentioned the last episode that I played Reach, and I p- played a bit of Four, but that I've never completed either. And this is like the first Halo game that I'm actually like getting that I actually like am really getting into. So. I just want to give a bit, I just want to talk about Halo Infinite again a bit because it's going to segue into the main topic of this episode. I'll try not to be too long, but uh, quick review, I guess. It was really good. At least we're going to review the campaign. Multiplayer, I'm not a huge fan of the multiplayer. Uh, It is free, right? Yeah, no, multiplayer is free to play, so obviously give it a try. You don't have to take my word for it, Uh, but... I like the big team battle aspect because I like when there's more players because most of the normal Halo gameplay, I think, is just 4v4, which I think is just far too too little people uh, for a shooter, at least in the shooters that I enjoy. So I like the big team battles. There's, they're more objective-based. You get to have vehicles and, and all sorts of crazy stuff. So I like that those game modes more. Customization is not very good, Um Pretty much everything is locked behind a paywall. There's some multiplayer cosmetics you can get through the campaign, but it's not a lot. And it's already been criticized by Halo fans enough on the internet how not great the customization is in Infinite. So I'll just skip over that. Uh, Not too much else to say on the multiplayer. I haven't really spent too much time on it. My real uh, big interest was in the campaign. So uh, I'm happy to say, though, that the campaign is really, really fun. at least in a in a gameplay sense, purely, absolutely worth the price. It was awesome beginning to end. I loved all the different mechanics. Obviously, having a grapple hook in your campaign is going to be <laughs> at least an one automatic point. an automatic one score point out of ten. Obviously, but the fact that you can upgrade it and you know all sorts of crazy shit, and you have it from the start, like points out of ten. <laughs> You have the grapple hook from the start. It's the grapple hook is by far like the best aspect of the multiplayer, or not the multiplayer, the uh, campaign. The, the, the campaign by a large margin, because this is an open world Halo game essentially. Uh, you land on the the Halo ring, Zeta Halo, and you just have a huge like you have bases that you can go liberate and make your own in order to call in. Uh, troops and uh, vehicles and weapons uh, to gear up for the next attack on whatever you want to go. There are targets of interest around the map that you can go and defeat uh, to get their special modified weapons that you can then call in for yourself and your troops at any uh, forward operating base that you capture. Uh, There are obviously missions. There are some open missions where you can go kind of to different objectives in different orders, which is cool. and there's also, of course, lots of hidden Easter eggs and hidden upgrade modules all over the map if you explore enough. And the scale is just immense and massive. It's beautiful. Like, the skybox and just the environment is beautiful to look at. The music is great. Uh, I don't know, man. For being, like, my my first complete Halo campaign experience, 
I really liked it uh, just from a gameplay and progression standpoint. It was super awesome having to, I don't know, having to prioritize because your weapons have limited ammo, having to switch weapons on the fly and just have these really cool cinematic moments. Like when you're raiding bases with a full truck of Marines with heavy weapons supporting you. Super awesome. I loved it. Uh, It was awesome. But what I want to talk about a bit more is the story of the game, like the actual plot that unfolds. Because as a new Halo, I did my research before I did this game. Like I kind of read up on did your homework. Uh, what the general, yeah, basically what the general, there are plenty of YouTube videos explaining the lore of Halo, the lore of the main games, what you need to know before infinite, things like that. Uh, what am I signing up for is what you type into the YouTube search bar. <laughs> Essentially, I mean, I I had done my research on Halo before because I was interested in it. I mean, Master Chief, being an Xbox, you know, owner myself, Master Chief is like one of the most iconic. He's the mascot. Video game character. Yeah, he's one of the most iconic video game characters of all time. It's it's the Chief. Like everybody knows him. Uh, But you know, I I wanted to make sure I knew, and I, I knew that Halo's story was pretty complicated like they a lot of words are thrown around like forerunner precursor primordial a lot of very loose general terms for things we think this fits here when it comes to the timeline but we don't know yeah there there is a lot of that actually um as well as like you know there's a lot of religious like uh, at least in the first three games there's a lot of like religious sort of analogies to things so it can be a little confusing jumping in but even with all that research, it was still kind of weird hopping into the beginning <laughs> of Halo Infinite. Like, even though I actually did all that research, I actually I still had kind of a a rough time jumping in Damn. because it does not pick up where five left off like at all. Like there is a significant amount of time that passes that passes after five. Interesting. And like there are there are characters that. I don't know. It, you are like just thrown right into the middle of a conflict where it feels like there should have been like a mission before the one that you dropped in that kind of explained how you got there, you know? Yeah. And the advertising for it, like this is coming from someone who has no idea what's going on, did not do homework like you. But mm-hmm. the advertising almost made it seem like this is like Chief's last story or last like great tale when it comes to the campaign. I don't um, know. I don't know if that's how it was portrayed. Like, obviously, you know, because you finished it. But yeah, 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 I don't I don't know. That's how that's how it looked like to me as an outsider. Just like the tone of the trailers, like the certain music choices, like how like what they showed. It just mm-hmm. kind of seemed like it, it only gave me vibes of like Cap Cap when he's staring down like Thanos' entire army, like right before all the yeah. heroes come back. But that's what it kind of looked like. That's how it kind of portrayed to me. Yeah, Halo's marketing actually has kind of always been like very grandiose and very oh yeah, it looks like an event for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it they always try to make it like you said an event. Uh, like Halo Five was all about hunting down the Master Chief. Like you did not play as Chief in that game; you played as uh, Locke, because Chief was look just going to look for Cortana, uh, going against orders, you know, kind of going AWOL. So that going was rogue. The kind of main. Basically, that was the main theme of that game. Obviously, they make up by the end. But, uh, yeah, and Halo, Halo Three was the you know that there was some finality in that in that marketing as well, uh, with you know that being the last one that Bungie developed before Three Four Three Studios took over. 
so yeah, three, four, three. Uh, Bungie did one through three, and Reach, and then three, four, three. Sorry, Reach was there. It was Bungie's last one, and then three, four, three did four, five, and Infinite. So it's interesting because the villains of this game, the Banished, uh, are kind of a. Uh, they're a splinter group from the original Covenant from the first three games. That was the sort of alien uh, alliance that attacked Earth in the first three games. Uh, the Banished were kind of like a splinter cell that kind of went off into the far reaches of space uh, away from the Covenant. And they were actually the main villains of a spin-off Halo game called Halo Wars uh, 2, uh, which is more of like a top-down strategy sort of game. Okay. So... Uh, seeing them in a completely new light being reused like this, I think it's pretty cool. It kind of ties the universe together. Those games are still canon. Their stories are still uh, part of the Halo universe, so it's cool to see the bridge between those two mm-hmm. uh, different sort of, I guess, gameplay styles, you know what I mean? I think it's always nice that when games kind of keep a consistent lore between, like, spinoffs and uh, the main series, but... Yeah, the opening scene, I will probably get into some spoilers, if that's okay with you. If not, I can keep it spoiler three. No, free. go for it, dude. You, you have my consent. <laughs> okay, okay. So, yeah, like, the the beginning scene of the game has immediately, like, you're on the the UNSC, which is, like, spaces, which, sorry, which is uh, Earth's sort of space military in this universe. Uh, you're on their flagship called the Infinity, which was in the previous game, seen escaping Cortana's uh, like guardian force. Because if you don't know, uh, in Halo 5, Cortana kind of lost her shit and started awakening these uh, ancient weapons of war called Guardians. Uh, and she was trying to uh, collect different AIs, because she herself is an AI. She was trying to recruit AIs to her cause to fight against... Uh, I don't know. Humanity, kind of, you know, the Covenant, or like the, uh... <laughs> it was weird. Halo 5 it, story's off to a great start. We don't even know who she's fighting. No, she basically she... Most of the story is Chief trying to find her, because in Halo 4, she seemingly sacrificed herself for Chief. But then in Halo 5, she starts cropping up again in Visions, so he and his team go out to find her. Turns out she is trying to take the mantle of responsibility for herself, which is basically a concept in the Halo games that refers to the most advanced species in the galaxy to, you know, dictate the the future of other species, essentially. Uh, at least that's a general gist of it. She's trying to take the mantle of responsibility for herself and her created, which is a new faction of artificially created beings like her and the other AIs of the universe. So... Yeah, she's kind of lost her rocker after 4. Halo 4 had her kind of starting to develop into, or devolve into this thing called rampancy, which is almost like an AI disease where they start to break down after a certain amount of usage time. So she was starting to develop this rampancy, and normally an AI would just be replaced, but, you know, Chief was obviously adamant to not lose her, you know, have her fixed, have her cured. That's what kind of Halo 4's end goal was, getting back to Earth, because they were obviously a long way from Earth to get Cortana fixed. But she ended up sacrificing herself to save Chief in the end, seemingly. And then obviously she came back. It seems like there's nothing really left of the original Cortana. It's 
mostly just her rampancy taking over her but she still has the memories of all the times that she had with chief so that's kind of where cortana was in five and then you see the last of like earth's forces escaping trying to escape from cortana and this this game pops up sometime in the future fighting the banished like out of nowhere they come to destroy the infinity chief gets his ass fucking rocked by this guy named atriox in the beginning scenes like absolutely just wiped the floor clean with him like grabbed him by his leg and first slamming him against warthogs and shit and throws him into the vacuum of space oh boy which not a good look for protagonist. i mean not a good i mean not a good evil plan like if you don't see the your enemy die yourself you're setting yourself up to get revenge killed obviously so right Um, away we knew the we knew the end goal (laughs) yeah right away you're you're going in but then there's a six month gap like as chief is drifting through space six months pass so there's another space for six months yeah like his his armor the mjolnir armor he's no stranger to drifting in space so it's built to like go into a survival mode yeah no it it's pretty it's pretty nuts but then some random some survivor of the attack finds him uh he's a recurring character that you see in the game as well he's kind of your your guy in the chair like he'll deliver your vehicles for you in the in the drop ships so he finds you and then you awaken to see what was once a fully intact halo ring that you were orbiting around uh halo rings are these kind of uh, super weapons essentially there are many of them in the universe and they are meant to wipe out uh, all sentient life that can be hosts for this uh, space disease called the flood which is basically a zombie parasite that will infest hosts that's two nintendo uh, references so far is it yeah guardians and flood oh yes flood of course uh, that man i'm keeping track <laughs> of course I mean, keep the tally going, but yeah, I will. I will. that's, that's the basically just the halo rings, but they have like their own ecosystems, you know, like you get down there like mountains and grasses and, and things like that. It's kind of like an artificially made environment, uh, so that the people who operated them could, uh, you know, kind of, I guess, live there. I, I don't know. It, it's a little weird, but it's super cool visually because it looks like the, the environment you're on kind of arches upwards into the ring, which is super cool, but they're. They're just massive Death Star level super weapons, basically. So what was once a, a fully intact ring during the attack, when you awaken, there's a giant chunk blown out of it. And that's where the game starts. You go down to investigate, uh, find this uh, remnant of the mission that you were on. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Like, you don't know Chief's mission when you're going into the game. It's like you go in mid-mission and then mid-getting your ass beat. Like, it's it's a really weird story. Uh, or it's a really weird part to start the story off. The gaps are filled in, like, between Halo 5 and the beginning of Halo Infinite with audio logs that you can find throughout the game. That's how you get your sort of story fill-in uh, content, which... I thought it was okay. I, I could follow it decently well, but for a new person to the series who even did their research, it was still kind of weird to do that. Um, but the rest of the story was pretty good. Uh, Chief meets this, uh, or you, you, when you go down to the planet's surface, you find 
this exact copy of Cortana, essentially, uh, called throughout the game. She's just called the weapon. Uh, and you find, come to find that Chief and this AI's mission was to destroy Cortana. Uh, they made a copy of Cortana to sort of lure her in to uh, lure her to this halo ring to be deleted. Uh, and this this copy of Cortana was supposed to be deleted uh, when the mission was done. But that's like, that's, like obviously... that's, that's like worse than saying getting killed. Like, you know, your mission is to delete this person like from existence, like <laughs> vapor. Yeah, they're, I was about to say they're. I mean, they're pretty cold about their <laughs> their uh, what they're going to do to Cortana. But obviously she's threatening the universe and all. So that is that is the mission that they are on. Seemingly he's deleted. Yeah, so, and apparently, like, it's done, you know? Like, the weapon says that Cortana is gone. Like, she she died off screen while Chief was out. So, that alone was, like, to me, you know, like, the Cortana-Chief relationship, like, the duo of those two is one of the most iconic duos in gaming history. She actually did. And to have Cortana be gone off screen of all things, like I had to know, like what the hell happened? But yeah, so you kind of go around with this, this AI, which its sole purpose, like it was just created. So it's like, it is an exact copy of Cortana, but it's a more naive sort of newbie to the job, Cortana, if that makes sense. So yeah. It, from what I understand, it's kind of a unique uh, dynamic that the chief and her have, uh, uh, compared to previous games. Anyway, I thought the dynamic was good just playing through Infinite, but yeah, you go around with this copy of Cortana being your Cortana for the game, essentially. Uh, and this is where I want to start going into the main theme of the episode, which, uh, if you saw Twitter, uh, saw our Twitter page, Colby kind of previewed. We're going to talk about romance and relationships in video games. Calling them uh, the love doctor. Yeah. I mean, it's. I'm not trying to be like awkward with it or anything, but just as like what its place in gaming is, some obviously some famous pairs, how it works, how it doesn't, if and how it like creates connections between the player and the character more, et cetera, et cetera, you know? Because uh, Halo Infinite really got me thinking about this concept, you know, because okay. looking b- back on the relationship between Chief and Cortana, you know, so this is this Cortana chick actually dead. Yes. Uh, spoilers, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I she's know. gone. That's weird. If this relationship is so important as you're making it sound, killing her off screen when Chief is just floating through the vacuum of endless space, that seems a little weird. Yeah, I mean, throughout the entire game. She'll be back in Halo Infinity, the sequel to this game. (laughs) Not exactly. But I I think she's actually, like, gone, gone. Deleted. I I guess we're getting into... I I said it was going to be spoilers, right? Yeah, 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 I had to know. (laughs) <laughs> for the yeah, purpose so of this basically throughout the game you get these data echoes that have been left over by cortana's scuffle on the ring uh, you hear like quotes from the past games whispered to you you know you see like 
sometimes when you get to certain terminals and technology on the ring, you will see like holograms of what what went down. Like you'll see Cortana uh, doing, you know, a hologram of Cortana in the past doing what she was doing. And you kind of you're getting closer to the truth. You're piecing together what happened to her. And at the end, you see that, you know, she started to come to her senses a little bit. Maybe not really regretting what she had been doing with their like grand plan, you know, but more so more so trying to make up for the danger she's about, like she was going to put Chief in by bringing the banished into this. Like she destroyed the home world of the leader of the banished because he wouldn't join her. So the guy that kicked your ass in the beginning kills her is my grand guess. Actually, no, because you see a, a confrontation between Cortana and this guy, Atriox, in the in the f- final act of the game. And you see that Atriox kind of has her cornered and that he is going to use the ring. You know, he's trying to control the ring and release what's inside because this ring is different from the other Halo rings. It holds a secret. Uh, and... Cortana basically, like, self-destructs, essentially. Like, self-terminates herself with uh, the silent auditorium, which is where Atrox was trying to access this secret. That's what blew up the ring, was her sacrifice. And she leaves a final message for John, and uh, obviously John being uh, Chief's real name. Oh, what an awful real name for such a badass character. John one one seven baby. Ugh. No, it it's it's sick. And like she's the only one that like calls him John besides uh the person who you know kidnapped and made him a Spartan. But yeah, that that is what happened to Cortana. But yeah, she's she's, she's gone gone. Kapoof. <laughs> yeah, I mean you have obviously the weapon who is a basically. Uh, who goes through her own arc of discovering, like, oh, my God, I'm a copy of this genocidal maniac that is plaguing the universe. And that's why you don't trust me, because because uh, originally, like, Chief, behind this new Cortana's back, like, put in deletion protocols in case that she ended up how Cortana did. Because obviously, if obviously you would if you saw your, like, closest partner do what Cortana did. You know, but the weapon obviously didn't know that at the time. Do deletion protocols work like SNES hacks where it's like up, down, up, left, left, right, right, up, down, up, down, side, side, left, uh, left, right? It, it actually works with a passcode system, not not inputs. <laughs> but but What's yes, you have to code? say certain... passcode. Uh, no, it's actually really sad because he references like events from his past in the passcodes because obviously that would make it more secure. So depression. Uh, but yeah. The, the relationship between uh, Chief and the weapon kind of, you know, goes through its own arc and becomes, you know, a full partnership by the end. Like, they are they are good. They both see Cortana's final message, and Cortana wants, you know, wants them to look after each other. Because she knew that the weapon existed before, that she, before she self-sacrificed herself. So, yeah, I wanted to talk. It was definitely weird. Like, even you not knowing the the Halo games intimately uh, said that it was kind of weird for them to kill Cortana off screen, which is what I thought going into the game as well, because 
the relationship between Master Chief and Cortana, I always thought was super interesting. Like, pretty much borderline romantic. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Chief has been, Chief was blasted for like, oh, you know, she, putting the, she's not even real, like putting her and the and Chief together. But with, you know, Spartans are, you know, they, they are they are kidnapped as children and turned into super soldiers for, oh God, just like for the UNSC. Yeah. And they, they kind of, they exhibit mild sociopathic behaviors because of the transformation they had to go through uh i mean as you can see with chief like chief is just no nonsense you know mission first completely straight guy you know what i mean yeah he's the straight man like the straight man soldier type uh it has been interesting however to see him kind of come out of his shell over time and in the newer games he's even like a little bit sarcastic cracking jokes like a little bit having really cheesy one-liners you know, it's the development is there, but humanize him a little bit. But basically, like Cortana had a purpose. There's a reason that she is like basically human, you know, or mm-hmm. she tries to imitate a humans because, at least to my understanding, having that human-ish connection keeps the Spartans from going like, like really crazy. You know what I mean? From like yeah. succumbing to those to that sociopathy. And allows them to be one more efficient soldiers, but two just not completely be broken people, because they have these AIs who, you know, give them that connection that they need. Uh, and that you can see that connection in game, you know, but the banter between Chief and Cortana, the sacrifices they make for each other, like Halo Four. In in hindsight, a lot of people did not like that game but the parting cutscene between chief and cortana like i had never even played that game myself and i saw that cutscene and i was super moved by it like it was the culmination of so much character growth and even without all the knowledge like you could tell how much those characters meant to each other and how much even to the stone-faced super soldier it affected him really deeply in that moment. And then to see that person that you love, uh, you know, sacrifice himself and then show up in the next game as some twisted copy of themselves, but still with all the memories that they had with you. And like, you have to go and try and stop this person, but it's ultimately fruitless. And you, and like chief blames himself for what's happening in the galaxy right now like he tells the weapon that like if he could have saved cortana all of this could have been prevented so like this relationship still even though cortana is gone it still permeates this 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 new game and it's amazing to see and that kind of got me thinking about the topic of this episode now 45 minutes in we can finally get into to talk more about it is like, what role does romance and these, like, relationship-centered stories play in video games? You know, like, obviously we have Chief and Cortana's story, which is built up over multiple uh, games in the series and is absolutely iconic to gaming in general. But 
you know, I wanted to just have a discussion of what um, what kind of romance does for a story. How can it be done well? In what cases have it has it been done well that we can think of, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've talked to ad nauseum about Chief and Cortana. So what what do you think? Do you have any ga- games of note that implement this or have like a story centered around like two characters uh, with a romantic relationship or what, what's your thought on the subject in just a general sense, first of all? Yeah, before I get into games, I'll just answer the question you posed first about like what does the game. I think you answered it in your little, um, I guess, uh, monologue there was, I mean, you didn't even know these two characters before you like or know them that well. And you watch one scene between the two of them, you can pick up like all oh, these two really care for each other. And like you can just like feel the tension between them. I think it just adds more, it adds more to the narrative, and as a player, it gets you to care more about you know certain elements of the characters presented that maybe you didn't see when you first started playing the game. Mm. I mean, it just I don't know. You can really build a, if it's done well, it can really carry a story, and especially yeah. if, especially if the player is given a choice. Like it does doesn't sound like you're given a choice here between anybody else and Cortana with Master Chief, but you know in other games you have choices between you know, maybe two characters you really care about and you can only pick one in the end and then it shows the result of your decision either way. Yeah, I I did want to bring that. That was something that I had kind of thought of yesterday while I was thinking of different topics we could discuss for this episode was, you know, the choice-based games that you can kind of have a romance option Mm -hmm. as the main character. You know, your witchers, your fire emblems, things like that. So (laughs) Plenty of choices uh, in fire emblem. Yeah, I had talked to my my girlfriend about it briefly, or at least about the Fire Emblem aspect, and that if you have a lot of choices, I feel like the st- the specific story between those two characters may not be as well developed. Because obviously, you can get up to A support with any character in the game in Fire yeah. Emblem, but not all of those supports are necessarily romantic unless you maybe perceive them as such. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, like... Obviously, it is romantic by the S support at the end. Um, but, you know, say, like, between the player and Leone or the player and uh, Bernadetta, you know, those supports are not necessarily strictly romantic. So unless you go in, like, thinking, yes, I'm going for this character to be together with by the end, you may not, you know, there may not be as, you know, emotionally... Uh, compelling of a story between the two by the end. Obviously, yeah. it still works to give the player choice, and the characters are st- in Fire Emblem are still characterized really well to be likable and to be invested in their stories. But just like the Byleth, you know, X character here story is not going to be as deep and uh, as fleshed out, you could say, as yeah. other games where it's just two set characters that they have that path laid out for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I mean, and in The Witcher, though, I feel like it would be more so because the characters already have pre, uh, pre-game connections to each other, right? Yeah, like, definitely. Like, yes, or, sorry, Yen and Triss. I t- combined the two. <laughs> you did. Uh, but, you know, Geralt has um, connections with the, with those two before the game, and since there are, I think they're like the only, are those the only two romance options that you can go for? At least, uh, at least end game. Uh, oh, I think he left to do something. Okay, you're back. Yeah, sorry. 
I can hop in on I can hop in on the Witcher stuff if yeah uh, I was gonna sorry yeah I was gonna ask you I think I asked you a question as the screen froze and you left so yeah well uh, I mean my dog's barking and I don't know if she's about to kill a mammoth if she's barking at this guy in this case she's barking at this guy so <laughs> tragedy averted but of course yeah, yeah I don't know, the, the thought that originated in my head first was you know as far as like romance and games you can't necessarily build a overarching plot around it because even even in games like the witcher and fire emblem the main events of the story are gonna happen regardless of what you choose like Mm -hmm. in the fire emblems fire emblems you know there's three different there's four different storylines but you're ultimately gonna get to the end of the game no matter who you choose romantically witcher same thing you're gonna get to the top of you're gonna get to the top of the i forget the name of the mountain but siri's gonna go try to stop the white frost no matter who you no matter who you choose romantically now who you know what you decide to do with series different because it's a different relationship where mm. it's more of a it's more of a father-daughter relationship where she could like um depending on what you choose in the game hypothetically she could die by the events the events she that you choose like by the end of it mm. or she can or you know she can be with you or not with you based on the events you choose like so that's kind of different but like as far as like tristan yango in that game no matter what happens like the events of series still need to happen. So as 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 much as like, you know, we talk about romance on social media or like, you know, the fact that, you know, we put it as the main priority over the events of a story it, overall, like it's still primarily going to be a secondary characteristic in a plot, which still, I mean, having two to ha- two, having two, having two separate storylines going at the same time that you are genuinely interested in is usually the signs of a good game. Like same thing in final fantasy seven, like, the original game, mm-hmm. no matter That's what who I was you, just about to ask you about, no matter who you choose between Aerith and Tifa, um, Aerith is still yeah, spoilers. Aerith is still gonna die. Like that's still yeah. gonna happen. So, you know, you go on the date at the Golden Saucer, you get that scene with her. You know, I think you can even kiss Aerith in the original game. Like, mm-hmm. not, you, you, don't even, you don't even you don't even get that option with Tifa. I don't think, but mm-hmm. yeah, she's still gonna get um, <laughs> she's still gonna get harpooned by the big long haired man at the yeah. altar where she's praying for the holy. So again, more that's another example of a secondary, you know, storyline within the main game. So romance is great. I think it it adds a, if it's done well, it adds a unique twist and it puts our characters through um maybe different puts our characters through maybe different events and overall like it gives you the player more perspective on like what you like and dislike about certain aspects of it including what you like and dislike about the characters but you know it can really it can really elevate a main storyline it i think i think at the end of the day you know tying it back to fire emblem it's gonna be they're gonna be support plot lines that's that's what they're that's what they are mainly it's just like how invested you get into it i guess is you know the 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 telling of it doing well i mean i think I think what you said, I think I agree with what you said, but I think it might only apply mainly to when the game gives you a choice between multiple romance options. Because obviously you have to be like... You could got to make you have fire them like 20. I know, you have an, <laughs> enough. But obviously I think the main thing of those games is like, no matter what you choose, you're still going to go through, you know, get to the end of the game. Like your yeah. romance is not going to completely fucking derail the story in any way which yeah. i think would be cool like you oh that'd be like great romance completely derails the story but you know i feel like it's more common to see like oh yeah you will go to more or less the same events of the story no matter what romance option you pick 
but I feel like for games where it is a set, you know, romantic thing, yeah. like like you know, Chief and Cortana, you don't get a choice. The story is already like there's no choice in that game. You're just going through a linear path. I think having like because love is such a unique and almost universal like motivator that like yeah. any player can like sympathize with unless you're some unfeeling bastard like cyrus from pokemon that doesn't want emotion in the world no you can, wants to get rid of it <laughs> like you can get behind a character's motivations more or less or at least understand them if they're doing them out of out of love because it's a very powerful force yeah fire i think fire and, is a great example of that yeah of course like as even that could even bring in just the player's own thing for a character you know yeah, what i mean exactly like especially with like dimitri's story like i think dimitri's story is one of the most like you can interpret that as a very romantic development mm-hmm. as you go along at least that is what my girlfriend has uh, expressed to me when i talked to her about it yesterday yeah. uh, but I, th- I, th- I if you set it up correctly i think it can be uh, a very like don't take this word as like an insult or anything, but like easy way to get people more invested on another level into the characters that you're building. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I was talking about it with my girlfriend yesterday, just kind of throwing ideas back and forth for this episode, we talked about, I wanted to talk about like Brock. I hope you're listening to this. Uh, I wanted to talk about SAO for a second. Oh God, I'm uh, about to leave. Yeah, obviously not a video game, but an anime where... Oh, hey, it is uh, a video game. Uh, I guess, an anime about a video game. but So I guess it kind of makes sense. But when I think about like romance and stories, SAO is actually one of the first that I think of because they establish, they establish the relationship like in season, like very early on. But that relationship like continues to permeate the future seasons. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, you show... Like, it shows Asuna and Kirito, like, being together, and, you know, it shows that the will, the the want to protect each other is such a huge motivator for them. Yep. And obviously, that, I, that that resonated with me, at least, because that's a really cool thing that, up until that point, I hadn't seen a lot of in the games or, or things that I watched, and is seeing, like, two characters who are actually already in a relationship going through the story together which i think is just a super cool and unique sort of storyline to go with Mm -hmm. uh it's hard to do that with video games though i think because you need the proper amount of setup to really get that those hard-hitting relationship moments to work your game just needs to be long yeah like for sao even i think they kind of jumped into you know the two in a relationship a little too fast like, it seemed to come really quick, at least in my mind, just watching, just binge watching the first season. Uh, I almost feel like you need to do it in two parts, you know, like one part, like part one is the buildup of the relationship, the trials that go in, the trials that the two characters go in together that result in them at the end, you know, getting together, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. fostering a relationship through these, like the conflicts that they go through and just a good story showing how these two characters really grow closer and then finally come together. And then part two is that relationship, you know, being put to the test in more conflicts, but that their connection just makes their drives stronger. You know what I yeah. mean? Their connections yep. deeper and the story events more impactful because they in- impact 
that duo of characters in a unique way than other duos of characters mm-hmm. in uh, gaming. If you if you catch what I'm what I'm saying, I'm trying to yeah, actually keep it concise. Yeah, I catch your drift this time around, but like for for example, Mario and Peach, obviously a scripted a somewhat romantic thing, but we don't get to see like a lot from it you know what i mean like i i can rarely call saving peach a motivator because like if anything, you're not it's just implied into... that they're a thing yeah like it's implied you get the peck on the cheek for saving peach every game i'd say it's but more like, i'd say that the romance there is between mario and toad you save toad way more in them damn castles yeah. than you do peach like let's be honest here it's true you do but obviously not a lot of meat on that story you know what i mean zero like it's not meant to be you know like it's not meant to be yeah obviously yeah obviously like not having an in-depth like story between mario and peach is is not a detriment to mario games but like that for that is an example of like a a relationship that uh it's scripted it's just it's scripted you know it's yeah it's scripted the relationship itself i don't think adds anything to to the game you know (laughs) on the other Uh, on the other end of that coin (laughs) Yeah, on, on the other end, you have games like Halo, where while not openly a romantic relationship, the the implications and the the tone that is carried around those two characters, where it's pretty much close enough at this point. You might as well like, uh, just put a pin, put a pin just, in it. Yeah, uh, that itself, even though Halo's story is very confusing, those two characters kind of ground the story for the player yeah you know? at least at least a constant is those two are always going to be there for each other like you've got to fall say, back on like even if you the player don't couldn't really give a shit about stopping the covenant or or the firing of the halo rings or anything you want to go save cortana you know you want to go mm-hmm. figure out what happened to cortana yeah in that's halo Infinite. Uh, yeah i was gonna piggyback off your idea before you transitioned like earlier but back to like you know if you saying it was easy like my first sight my first thought wasn't like oh i disagree with that my first thought was if anything it's easy because it's a motivator like you're gonna yeah. you're gonna find one or two characters that you care about like through the eyes of who you're playing as mm-hmm. and like like you said like one if you you if you don't give a shit that you know sephiroth's about to like destroy the world with a huge hurling fire rock yeah. Um, you want to be there for for Tifa, or like in The Witcher's case, like you want to be there because you know you want, you know, Triss or Yen to be there for Siri. Like it's a it's a it's a easy motivator for most like players, like on a level one basis. Like if you don't really care what's going on with the story, there's that secondary plot line that's romantic. That's what you're gonna care about. I think yeah, your girl. Yeah. I, I think your girlfriend falls into that category. Not 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 an offense at all. Like every, whatever you whatever you're motivated to play as whatever. But when she's playing through Blue Lions, I don't think she's I don't think she cares about stopping Edelgard. <laughs> no no no. Well, she does hate Edelgard a lot, but definitely but, the bigger uh, the strength of saving Dimitri outweighs oh, sure. the hatred of stopping Edelgard. I can say that as a guy, like just yeah. <laughs> as just like as a platonic relationship between Byleth and and Dimitri, like. I wanna you want to be there for Dimitri. You know I want to I mean? save my bro more than stopping these hoes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> put that on a put that bar. on a t-shirt. Give it to bar. me for Christmas, pal. Seriously. Put camera but yeah, like playing through as female Violet because, I mean, hell, you know they don't have a a buy option for 
ironically, Violet and Dimitri. But, you know, playing, like, from my girlfriend's point of view, is very much, very much like what you're saying. Um, but I think now would be a good time to talk about... This is, this is what I was setting up when I said on the other end of that Mario coin. Literally yeah. on the other end of the Nintendo coin. Yeah. Bas- basically, the... We don't know two sides what is going on here. <laughs> I, we know I what we want to go on. Why we want this aspect to be in a certain game that may or may not be coming out this year it's not the most anticipated game according to apparently not but it should be two years in a row runner up Uh, let's talk about link and zelda oh my god breath of the wild too when we leave i i i told my girlfriend like there is not one gaming wish i probably want more than to see a kiss between zelda and link in this new game it's been so long <laughs> like this like their relationship has always been subtle you know there haven't been any deliberate romantic sort until of s- until one skyward sword and two breath of the wild yep because skyward sword kind of like was the tease for it and like skyward sword's very much connected to breath of the wild yeah, I mean, Skyward Sword had Even, very completely. flirtatious, like, relationship between the two. Uh, very, like, like you could tell Link was, like, through his expressions, and this is impressive, like, being a silent yeah. character, yeah. you could see how much it pain, like, how much pain he was going through to not be able to help Zelda in certain situations. Yeah. It's like, impressive it was very impre- on, the Wii, it was, on the Wii and with the silent character. That Nintendo deserves an Emmy for that, I think. Yeah, so... Let's let's talk real quick though. Like th- this uh, this pairing has obviously has obviously been set up for a while. Mm-hmm. Not like a deliberate like long like long game like romantic thing from all the way back in the 90s. They did not set this up way back then. But no, just the connection that the characters share just in the lore, you know, that plays into it. Uh, shipping. I think this is a good place to put this in. <laughs> A lot of shipping is huge in video games, obviously. Oh, yeah. Uh, The act of, you know, thinking two characters would look good, would be a good fit for each other. And, you know, kind of making like head cannons or different like alternate universes where like their story takes place as those two actually do to get together in your mind. Uh, And I mean, Zelink is... It's a thing. It's huge. It's it's enormous. It's got a you huge following. For good reason. Like these characters are literally linked through destiny. Yeah. They, a very they, classic they romance trope, of mm-hmm. course. Very. And in the Japanese version of Cass's song in Breath of the Wild, it it just says like the princess's love for the hero is what drew out her power. Yeah, and that can be implied in both Age of Calamity and Breath of the Wild, but the Japanese version gets everything. I mean, they they have a freaking journal for Link in that game. It's we true, don't have that true. shit. We we don't have that, but the hell. Obviously, people have argued over like if it's platonic love because like you can you can love people without being romantic, but mm-hmm. I don't know for like for these two characters that have been through so much together. Yeah, and. I, I mean, like for Breath of the Wild, seeing those memories, like that that trailer shot of Zelda crying into Link's arms will always get me. And, you know, obviously, pretty much all of Skyward Sword, as we said before, 
I don't know. I, I think it's time. And I think it would add like such like a deeper element of storytelling into Breath of the Wild 2 if the romantic implications were acted upon, you know? Yeah, if they were and if they were more than, you know, platonic. I mean yeah. I think it's pretty obvious that I mean, obviously we know it goes one way. Like Zelda definitely loves Link in that kind of way, but Yeah. I don't <sighs> I don't know. I mean, obviously, I hope I hope that it happens. It's it's also like my number one wish for the game as a whole. Like it's just so long overdue, and like especially now, like it's never been teed up better than it has in that game. And now we're getting a direct sequel to it. Like it seems like everything. It's, it's almost too good to be true. But yeah, I mean, I my fear is that they just take Zelda away from Link for the whole game again. Oh my god, that would suck tremendously. Like the first like, 20, would, the first twenty minutes is her nose diving into the crater of Hyrule. Yeah, like the two like that would be my first thing. Like if Zelda jumps, I will immediately try to jump down the hole after her. If I stay <laughs> in that area, it's I like am a tell- doing it's, a, that. it's a telltale game all of a sudden where it gives you the option to jump after her. Yeah. I mean just jump after and let Ganon destroy Hyrule or yeah. stay up. Nope, nope. Hit, hit Going an down there. I'm hitting yeah. A. <laughs> I I've said this before, like, another one of my biggest gaming wishes is to hear Link's, like, speak. What would Link's first words be? And if I were to combine these wishes, like, if Link's first words were to be, like, in response to, like, a romantic gesture from Zelda, or, like, at the lowest point, say, like, I love you. He has, he has spoke in the Breath of the Wild universe. He has, yes. Canonically. Through through Zelda's diary, we know this. Yeah, he's he's talked to her. And he's like, she's like one of the only person, probably the only people that he has done that. Yeah. Again, like the implications are there, you know. It's, it's teed up perfectly. I, I don't know. Like this Zelda and this Link specifically, I think are very much poised to do, to, um, to explore that concept, you know. Yeah, I agree. Like even the whole Mifa storyline, I feel like, sets up to it as well. Yeah, as tragic as that one is. I, like as tragic as it is. I feel like it's kind of it's it's almost like a foreshadowing of of some kind of romantic plotline to come in, like Mifa kind of realizing that this isn't gonna it's work. It's not her, you know yeah. what I mean? As tragic as that is, yeah, it's tough. But I don't know, man. It's this is the big thing that I wanted to lead all of this romance talk up to till the end, till this part in the episode. Uh, so. I'm sure a lot of people will agree with us. I mean, considering the amount of Zelink fan art that I see on Twitter every week. Oh God, yeah, we we have we have um we have Twitter in a headlock with this one. I think like we we have them we're right where we want them. Yeah, but I mean, we we got Twitter on our side for this one, and that's a pretty powerful ally. Yeah, no, that's good. I think we may, if if we get Reddit, it's over. But now I, this is this is Nintendo though, so like, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. Don't expect the expected with yeah, Nintendo. D- don't don't expect. I don't know, like. I mean, it's never also, been done before in the way we're talking about it. So that's like obviously the number one scare of like, mm, can they? But like that also leaves the, that that but that on the other end, can they fuck it up? Like, it's I mean, it's it's a relatively easy concept to just follow through with. But I mean, yeah. just setting up the correct story beats and you know, will Link say anything? Like, how will it be said? Mm-hmm. How will it be expressed through the game? The actions in both in the game and when you're not controlling the characters. It's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of a lot of moving variables with it. But I mean, like we've been it's, it, the 
the foot the groundwork was placed in Skyward Sword. We really built off that here with Breath of the Wild through journal entries, memories, character dialogue, singing from a, a bird. A like bird. we yeah. we we had to go find these hidden shrines and solve these damn riddles so we can figure out that you know she did have a thing. And then it, I guess oh god I can't even say this. In the other timeline, um yeah we literally see you know Zelda you know shoot up her power rise links about to get absolutely obliterated by all four blight cannons simultaneously yeah. i mean there, there's, there's, there's other to protect each other yeah exactly yeah, their will to protect each other is already like they would do anything for each other already yeah it's so they're literally already one of them point. it's literally one of their their jobs <laughs> yeah so i don't know like another thing that kind of got me onto this topic is uh some YouTube videos comparing the story of the Pokemon manga to the Pokemon games. Like the Pokemon Adventures manga has much more like m- like more like darker themes, more mature themes and storylines compared to uh, the games, obviously. Like Ruby and Sapphire, the stand-ins for Brendan and May in the game, actually have a full like relationship arc. Like they are actually an item that's interesting and that that romance plays into the story like it like they have to save the world by going on Rayquaza together like they have they they refuse to do it without the other it's a cool story and to like tell they originally kids. they originally were polar opposites they they hated each other they thought each other was annoying but they also had the backstory where ruby had saved sapphire from a fucking rampaging salamence of all things when they were kids and he got a fucking scar across his head Dang. for his efforts. So again, like they were showing like blood trickling down. Like this is this that is, is not, dark. This is not your games, people. No. But it was a very well crafted, like good build up, good pacing, uh, interesting character moments, conflicts between the two. It was not always ups. You have to have your downs as well to make, you know, the fine the final, you know relationship yeah. all that, that all that much literally better. The, the entire first half of the breath of the wild storyline between zelda and link is just a giant down yeah i mean even in the memories like, yeah it's, again, it, it's down then it goes up and then goes down again and she, we, we literally are playing it when we're in the down yeah i was about to say like link and zelda and we're about to go down again like what the fuck like they had they they have that build up like we saw zelda not being able to understand link and them not being able to talk much but then finally slowly they started to open up and understand each other and yep. the connection between them deepened to the point where obviously they would sacrifice each other yeah, for each dying. other. Yeah. And just, I don't know, man, that, that scene of just them running away from castle town and Zelda just collapsing looks, into yeah. Link's arms like that is it, still it, gives it, me chills. Yeah, dude. It's in the trailer. It's in the trailer. Like that is the like, climax of the trailer. It, it, it never like, fails. to. It never fails to be like these two, obviously, like these two incarnations more than any other in the series. If it's ever going to happen, it's right now. Yeah. Again, I I just think it would add so, so much to the story. Like I'm already invested. Like I would not be able to peel myself away if this was added into the game. Yeah, I'm terrified, though. Like she's going to get Spartan kicked into the game. I really hope that she isn't gone for the whole game like breath of the wild too that would be in Awful. my opinion the worst decision they could make for this game if they wanted to surpass breath of the wild i think they need to have zelda there's, there's no easier way to not do it than by 
banishing her away the entire game again. Yeah, again. Breath of the Wild, you can get away with it because you're introducing the player to a new concept. It's open world. You know, you you have plenty of story beats besides, you know, Go Saving Zelda. You have the Divine Beast. You have the memories, blah, 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 all that stuff. Here, there's no excuse. Like, clearly, they're fi- clearly there's something going on because I don't, th- I don't think you show her falling into a giant hole and then only show not one, but two versions of Link and yeah. not have something going on. So, yeah, I am terrified of and there's a lot of questions we don't know about zelda in the breath of the wild world there's still over power like what's her mm-hmm. role now how's the re- where'd she get her haircut how's the re- how's the restoration of hyrule going all that stuff is still on the table and i just think sending her away is the best way to not get any of those answers yeah i mean like you said like i think having those two together right to support each other through all of the all of those things that are happening at the same time that you're saying, and, and having that relationship like grow and peak in this game, and having them be together, literally and you know emotionally, to go through the rest of the story together. Because even besides like the you know semantics and stuff, just seeing two people like in a good relationship going through the story together and supporting each other is just cool. You know it what is. I mean? Yeah. Like I'm going to go back to, I'm going to go back to SAO seeing Kirito and Asuna like fight alongside each other, knowing the connection they have is just cool. And just like seeing how much they support each other in these hard times. It's awesome. Especially it when is. it's built up like previously, like how deep their connection is. That is cool. So it's really cool. Bro- Brock is probably beside himself. Him absolutely beside himself right now hearing me say this yeah, but he saved, he saved this episode yeah i think long story short that's why we think link and zelda need to happen in this sequel and not just for our own selfish reasons but like it would just for, ele- i feel like for, it would yeah, just elevate story the story reasons. yeah it would help to really push the boundaries like we were talking we've talked about a lot like can this game live up and surpass breath of the wild which we think it can and I think if they focus on this specific it's a story thin element, line, but yeah, I think they can. Like it, it's going to be a delicate process to craft that story, but obviously they're going to take their time with this game anyway. So <laughs> yeah, they already have. Like it's been five years. I think that could be a very one a unique way to, you know, advance just the story of these two very naturally, and two, just something that this game will have that Breath of the Wild does not again just differentiating itself and making it a worthy successor you know mm-hmm. what i mean correct so that's <laughs> this all led to that folks this was this is our this is all propaganda from the beginning if you didn't guess it honestly shame on you yeah that must mean you're a new viewer to the podcast, which means you should obviously you should go back and listen to our other stuff too. Correct, yeah. All the we we talk this game a lot about we how do, it's just, it do. probably is just never going to come out. <laughs> it's just it's just a a dream. Nintendo it, it, it Life is real. now Nintendo Life is now running polls about is this game going to come out this year? I'm like, you're all stealing my bit. <laughs> of course. Well, anything else to talk about on on video game relationships and 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 romance plot lines before we before we move on because I forgot there is one thing gaming news related that we still have to talk about. Well, let's get to it. I mean, we can always shelf romance for another day. I mean, we of we course. just got a good chunk of it out, but what do you what, what are you coming up with? Let's say I think that was a, a unique concept, just something I came up with yesterday. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Yep. Something that I think isn't talked about too much. Uh, oh wait, no. sorry. One more thing. 
before we move on to news is that this is kind of a, a sort of a sub category of what we were talking about, but go for it. I think more games or like more anything, really any media, like, uh, I think they, sh- I think I want to experience more stories about, uh, the concept of trying to love again, you know what I mean? Like, trying to find you know loving again after like some after a loved one die or like your significant other passes away like that's the one of the most recent indie game showcases had a game Chief arc <laughs> i was about to say that that is what really interests me that's about the his story step. now yeah you know the next step because he has all that still in his head you know like that is going to affect him for a while and you can see that it still does in the moment of this game. It's subtle because it's Master Chief, obviously. But Cloud kind of goes through the same thing in Advent Children, where like he still can't go over the death of Aerith. Now, Advent Children, like the dialogue's awful, but someone who's played the game before, like you would know, like oh, she, he he can't get over this. Like he's yeah. literally banished himself and is just like literally waiting to die because he doesn't mm. think he deserves love. Yeah, I mean that like that stuff is like it's that's such a powerful like. Yeah, when done story well. concept, you know, like you can inject that into anything and have like an intriguing story. I think mm-hmm. one of the most e- recent indie game showcases had a game called uh, I think it was After Love EP. I remember what it was it. called. Yeah, uh, and that was one that caught my eye just because of that story that they have that they were pushing of of this character who was trying to get over the the death of the love of his life essentially and kind of grappling with self with himself is like if he can love again if he's like allowed to i i assume that's going to be something uh that's going to happen so like that's not a game i would normally play but because of that story i think that's something i'm gonna i'm gonna check out when it comes out Mm -hmm. so like i mean it's such a heartbreaking like story to do in a game but yeah i think it's again it's just super interesting and i'm I, i hope more games do that and, but yeah, like you said, Master Chief kind of gave me that vibe in this new mm-hmm. game, uh, with the with the death of with the passing of Cortana for seemingly for good now. Yeah. But then, like you have basically her spitting image still with you, you know, this copy, this constant reminder of that it's her, but it's not her. God, you know? that's brutal. <laughs> like, that's it's tough. it's really brutal. That's awful. When, when you when you think about it in like the grand scheme of their whole story together, that's awful. So couldn't imagine. Yeah, I think they're gonna receive story DLC. So again, despite Halo story yeah, obviously being very wide open and grandiose and focusing on the huge, massive galaxy-ending events, I really hope they take the time to maybe keep that smaller story going with Chief and him kind of i guess recovering from this yeah like i hope they keep that but yeah that's just another interesting uh romance related plot line that i thought was that i thought we should bring up because i think that's something that is really cool and could be done more yep uh but yeah done with that hope you guys enjoyed that bit different from we normally do but now we're getting to gaming news of which there's not a lot but there is one big rumor mill that i think we need to address our favorite uh, do you do you know what I'm about to say before I say it, Colby? I don't. I actually don't think so. You're you're going to be you're going to be hitting yourself. Men for a treat. Um. <laughs> so we've had a number. This is one article I think that has has been making the rounds. 
of of a certain oh. game sequel being in development <laughs> with, a, with a new twist. It it always that's that's the big money word. A, a new twist. Yes, Apparently, it is. Mario Kart Nine is in development. Woo! Uh, I don't know why people are are Get your streamers fixed. and party hats, folks. We're back. Yeah. I don't know why we're fixated on this a new twist thing because every Mario Kart game obviously has a new fucking twist. This also isn't a twist. It's literally been done. Like it's in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. <laughs> yeah, but so yeah, I am of the opinion that this is total horseshit. Uh, Just because you saw that one meme where it's the it's like basically David, who's Mario Kart 9, and Goliath, who is just quarterly sale numbers for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Yeah, dude, it they it still sells so well. It was number one in the UK for two weeks in a row. Like, this game's no like need like, to make another Mario Kart game. Isn't Mario Kart 8 like eight years old? It's, it's probably getting there if it isn't. Like, good God. Like, just base Mario Kart 8. Like, because all deluxes is just DLC. I mean, I th- in normal game development time, I'd say we're probably due for another one. We're absolutely. We've been due. Like, yeah, 2014, what? base game Mario Kart 8 came out for the Wii U. Like, it's like the cor- <laughs> those numbers don't lie. They don't need to do it. No, they never need to do it. Ever. I'm not even sure like, if I'd buy a Mario Kart 9. I know I would. I'd be too traumatized to do I, it. I, I would do it. But, my, my rise to the top would begin again. Uh-huh. But, I mean, the new twist that everyone thinks is going to happen is that we're getting Super Nintendo Kart. Is we that we're getting? Super, yeah, we already have Super Nintendo Kart. Animal Crossing, Link, Splatoon, they're all in there. The big the three. The big four. They're right the big, there. Yeah, big four. Yeah, they're all in there. So I, yeah. I don't know what else. Captain Falcon, I think, would absolutely be in another game. I think Kirby would be in a new game. I saw the new the new. Other than that, who who would you put in? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's not like a it's not like a Smash character reveal because it's just like it, it, it experiences you know the, the weight of the car. You know, you know the depressed um Mr. Incredible meme, right? Yeah. <laughs> Someone said that it's just gonna be like bronze Mario, bronze Peach, bronze Luigi, just bronze, just yeah, all just new skins, and it's just gonna just complete depression those are gonna be the new characters bronze mario bronze peach captain falcon and kirby so yeah. go, this is what you guys wanted congratulations maybe yeah, I mean, fox already, maybe fox will make it in rose gold oh yeah and an r wing that'd be cool that'd be cool like characters who have vehicles i suppose like kirby has the dragoon and falcon oh my God. Is no, obviously you have, make, you have to do the landmaster landmaster <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, you can't that, do that's the, true you can't that's do true. the r wing yeah. the landmaster people made a good point like they're it's not a smash like reveal system like it, the the characters only ex- only influence the weight of the car and the trick they do in the air that's really it that's true that it's is, not like a full move it. set like final smash cinematics like none of that you know what i mean they don't say that to competitive it's, players yeah i know i i understand <laughs> i i don't fear them but <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah i i don't know i can't really see super nintendo car happening a lot of people have been just talking about what the roster could be. Do you think we'll get any confirmable or denial in the next direct, whenever that is? That'll be my uh, last question. I don't think if we get another direct soon, I don't think they're going to show Mario Kart Nine in the direct. No. Yeah, I don't think so either. Like, even if it is in development, I I don't think they're going to show it. I think it's more than just one direct away from being revealed. 
Oh, I oh I lied. Okay, here this is actually my last question. Just one word answer, real quick, because yeah. I'm on a bit of a time crunch. But oh shit, you're right. I'm so sorry. No, you're good. More likely to happen: Mario Kart Nine, Fighter Pack Three for Ultimate. Mario Kart Nine. <sighs> yeah, I'll agree. Yeah, I, it's close, yeah. but I'll agree. Have you seen how happy Sakurai is? He's oh, petting his he, cat he, every day. He's been petting his cat since Sora came out. I'm convinced. He just has not like, stopped. Uh, I would do that cat is the cutest fucking thing I've it, ever yeah, seen. Sakurai cat, it's, it's amazing. It, His face is like a football shaped. I've never seen that before. It's just, it's just a, it's a plushie. It's not actually real. It's I'm not convinced. alive. It's not alive. It's a plushie. Sakurai's having fun playing his Xbox Series X for the first time ever. Oh, dude, he loves the PS5. <laughs> uh, I mean, he probably has like several. That yeah, man he, is probably rolling in the dough. He put this. He put the. At Nintendo least he shit. better be like. Yeah, exactly. He put I the, hope he's like well off now. He put the Nintendo shit in the attic. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he was like, I've been looking at this for far too long. Fuck this. But he still posts screenshots of the game every day, so. He just hasn't, like, he, they're, those are scheduled tweets. He doesn't even do them, his team does. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just automatic. He's set that up for the next three years. That's that that's that's ultimate. That's what the ultimate team's project is now, just scheduling tweets. I mean, I, I that sounds like your dream job. <laughs> oh, my God. Sign me up now. Just Base. play Smash and get screenshots yeah. and send them out. Base salary of $15. I'll take it. All right, well. I did forget that Colby is on time crunch, so we got three minutes to wrap up here. So thank you guys so much for listening. That'll bring us to the end of the episode, unless you have any for any last further thoughts. Okay, shaking no, his head. Good. I got nothing for Kamek either. I'm sorry, guys. I was about to say, Kam- Kamek's running late. Like, he's not going to make it. Yeah, we're, we're delayed. We did it early to catch him off guard. So Exactly, he, yeah. Know? He had no fucking clue what was going on. <laughs> he, he maybe, It can't be said for next episode, but this episode, we're probably free from his influence. He's going to look in the key at 7 p.m. and be like, wait, what? Wait, what the <laughs> fuck? It's already published. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you guys very, very much for listening to this episode. Uh, if you want to know how to support the podcast, the best way that you can do it is to leave a review and rating on Apple Pods. Uh, you can even put questions there for us to answer in future episodes. You can also, you are also always, of course, free to uh, interact with us directly on our socials. The links will be down in the description. Uh, we'll be doing polls and you know Twitter questions uh, much more frequently now. So. Uh, yeah, be sure to check those out as well. And yeah, Legends Arceus is coming in a few more weeks. We're getting closer by the day. So yeah, with that being said, gamers, thank you for making it this far and we hope to see you next week. Have a good one, gamers. Gamers.